Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and we're so happy that you decided to join us, whether by audio or video. In the studio, we have Israel and Siku and Jonathan. Hey, hey you guys. <laughs> uh, it's good. You guys have great names, and we were just joking in the, uh, before, the, before the opener about how we have different nicknames and different, <laughs> different names that people have, have mixed us up with. And people call you Ishmael or Isaiah, or they call Siku Sadako or Sudoku. Seiko. Or Sekusuki <laughs> and Jonathan. I get Walter. Walter. Mm-hmm. Walter. Yeah. Or Jonathan or Jono. Jono. Uh, my name is, is Justin, but people give me Jason or. We'll stop there. That's that's uh, all right. We'll have a word of prayer, and we're going to get into a very important topic today, this week. And we are so happy that you're with us. We're very excited about this topic. It's called the Great Controversy Meta Narrative. Now, that sounds very complicated. That may sounds like very very foreign to some of you, but uh, from a Seventh Day Adventist perspective, it is a theory of everything and that theory everything explains everything and today on this episode we're going to explain everything in life in about uh, 20 20 20 20 plus minutes so we'll have a word of prayer we'll get into revelation 12 and we'll talk about um how this uh, this this theme was developed we're in our, th- our 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 arc our topical arc on the topic of adventist heritage and how some of the unique beliefs in our adventist church were developed in in, in, a, in a historical narrative so that's our prayer uh, um isaiah israel can you you pray for us. Sure, Jason, let's pray. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, as we look into your word, into scripture, and as we discover more and more about your wonderful plan of salvation for us through the narrative and the meta narrative of the great controversy, we pray that you would join us in this conversation. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, we are in Revelation chapter 12, verse uh, 7 through 12. I think in a previous episode, we read from 13 onwards. We're, we're reading from a, a different section in the same chapter. And Jonathan, mm-hmm. if you can read from verse 7 to 12 for us. Yep. <clears throat> Revelation 12, verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Yeah. Uh, I love Adventism in its history and its belief that Adventism <coughs> is a ecumenical movement. And before some of you freak out, it's not ecumenical with a capital E, but ecumenical with a, with a lowercase e. And it may sound very trite, but it's uh, in its history – the denomination was from former Catholics and Baptists and, and even Methodists. atheists and Methodists. 
and Presbyterians all coming together and uniting over the principles of Scripture. There is another denomination, or another movement, I would say, with a capital E, ecumenical, and this is where all these denominations are uniting on the basis of just the commonalities of our humanity, not based on the Bible. So it's a play on words, but it is an accurate uh, description. And um, all these 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 uh, denominations coming together based on the Bible, coming to a new understanding of, of Adventism, and really understanding about a new way to see not just the world, but the universe. Mm -hmm. And I love that there are some prerequisites that you need to understand the great controversy in Medanair. One is you have to believe in aliens. <laughs> you have to believe in angels, believe in supernatural entities as demons, as the devil, Satan. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, so we're not just talking about another denomination that just, you know, we read our Bible differently or we have different set of hymns, but it's a different, totally different way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. Um, what, is this hard to digest uh, for some? And, and, and how do we, how do we, how do you explain the great consciousness and meta-narrative mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone who has no idea about these things? Jonathan I, and then Siku. I, I don't think it's too strange now okay. maybe the lingo from the bible when you just throw it at somebody who's never heard it before i think this is a little weird mm -hmm. what's going on dragons and like what mm. um but the idea that there is a war between you know good and evil mm -hmm. right and wrong um that it's that a universal is, it's a universal understanding yeah. almost yeah. because i mean these uh, these are two dynamics if you want to call it that way that are at war mm -hmm. and i mean there wouldn't be any any good books or movies without it, if you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so I think on, on a general principle, everyone, everyone understands there are these two dynamics at play, and uh, I think most of humanity would, would, would say there is such a thing as good and there's such a thing as bad. Mm -hmm. And then that's essentially what this is all about. Of course, there's much more to it. But I think um, the perspective is not a strange one. Um, mm. But the Bible does portray, you know, a lot of, of details to it that are really powerful if once mm -hmm. you understand them. And they help you really to, as you said in the, in the opener, the theory of everything, it helps you to, to uh, make sense of the world, make sense of some of the big questions. You know, why is there pain? Why, if God is good, why does he allow suffering? Uh, will there be justice? All these things mm -hmm. um, are answered in the understanding mm -hmm. of the great controversy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I would be answering your question, but <laughs> um, I mean, what Jonathan said, think answered what you were asking uh for me as well mm. there's there is something within our nature that craves answers to the big questions and the great controversy theme the story of the great controversy answers those questions mm -hmm. if i were explaining it to someone i think for me the best way is to just go to the bible okay. and tell what the, the bible story which a significant portion of it we actually already read yeah. in okay. Revelation chapter Well, let's 12. go there. That's a great transition. Um, what is the great controversy meta-narrative, the great story? Right. So the story, as we read, there's a war that breaks out in heaven mm -hmm. in Revelation 12 verse 7, mm -hmm. which is when we when we talked about the sanctuary um I, i'm not sure if we if he's if israel said it in the episode but we we're discussing beforehand mm. you're saying the the crazy thing about the sanctuary doctrine is that you have sin being transferred into heaven like mm. you have the mm -hmm. sin that's happening on this earth actually impacts heaven mm -hmm. um and when i first learned this story i guess this this large story of of how what's happening in the universe 
it was crazy to me that there would be a war in heaven because our picture of heaven is like this happy place mm. with like little mm. babies on harp, floating on a cloud, playing mm. a harp, you know. Um, so to think that there's... Pristine, pure, yeah. how could it never be adulterated by, by, by bad stuff? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yet what the Bible tells us... Totally happened. ...is that, yes, that there was war, mm. not on earth, not in the Middle East, mm. not in Africa, that there was war in heaven, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which means that God is affected by the, rea- the realities that we are experiencing now. Now, like God experienced this conflict before we even did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the war breaks out in heaven and says Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. And the the, the terms here, we've got Michael and we've got the dragon and then they, they have a following. Mm-hmm. Um, and late it, in verse... Nine, it explains who the dragon is. Mm-hmm. So very plain there. It says the dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and mm-hmm. Satan. Mm-hmm. No questions there, yes. right? So who was fighting against Michael and his angels was the dragon, mm-hmm. was and, the and devil. And we can just say blatantly in verse 7 that Michael is another uh, another code name for Jesus. Exactly. Uh, and there are Bible verses to support that. And you can go to inversebible.org and download our Bible study guides to find out all those verses and do your own study. We're kind of going a high fly over this, a f- Fly, fly, fly by over this, uh, but you can get get, those, get that information there. Right. Yep. So th- this war is happening between, you know, the devil and and Jesus, mm-hmm. and in heaven you have these two groups that are created, mm-hmm. some on Jesus' side and some on the devil's side, and ultimately what ends up transpiring in heaven is that the devil is cast out of heaven. So. Mm-hmm. He fails to triumph in the war, and he mm-hmm. is cast out. And at the end of the, the section that we if read— I try, We see that in verse thir- 4, yeah, just a yep. couple of verses before. In chapter 12, verse 4 of Revelation, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Mm-hmm. The dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth and devour her child as soon as it was born. Mm-hmm. So we see a third. So just by mathematics, two-thirds of the of angels— the angels are still in heaven and one third of the angels and angels and demons are actually the same thing but just fallen angels mm-hmm. uh, are down came down or cast out okay? right and when we were cast out cast down to the earth mm-hmm. and i mean just just that in and of itself mm-hmm. gives like a, a different way of seeing reality right is that there are supernatural realities that are at play or mm-hmm. that have been at play you know even before we get to like what's happening on this earth before it's earth's beginning yeah, yeah before mm-hmm. it, that there are beings, powerful beings, um, some who have remained faithful to God, who we know as angels and who God sends on his missions. But then there are also beings who, uh, you know, chose not God, right? Who chose against Jesus, chose to be on the devil's side. And so we have, you know, demons. And so the experience that we can have on this earth of like supernatural realities, here we have it anchored in scripture that there is a supernatural reality mm-hmm. that is transpiring, mm-hmm. you know, beyond us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost, it, it, it kind of, it's like uh, a touch screen where we're just zooming out as much as we can to the mm-hmm. largest uh, parameters possible. Christianity is often very selfish, right? It's like, hey, I glorify God. What can God do for me? God took away my sins. He's going to help me find a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a job, mm. and then and then I'm going to be happy. And that's what Christianity mm. is. And God's saying, well, yeah, I mean, He does all that, and there's a component of that in our experience. But like, there's just larger, larger on. stuff, larger issues going on mm-hmm. in in time and also in space. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, I think it's important to understand that there, what's at stake here. Mm. Um, 
um, this this whole war, you know, if you study in, in uh, we may not have the time for all this, but in Isaiah and in Ezekiel, the descriptions of, of Lucifer, which mm-hmm. is Satan, um, wh- what is going on here? He wants to be God. He wants to take the throne. He wants to kill God. Uh, and he wants to establish a rule um, of really, an, you know, he, he claims like the rules of God are not uh, fair, that God is not just. Uh, but what he's trying to establish is really, um, you know, uh, nonsensical because they're, according to the reality that has been created, it only works. Life can only exist if God is in charge mm-hmm. because God is the source of life. So the whole idea of rebellion and sin really is nonsensical, but it still happened. Mm-hmm. And so as he claimed, you know, the, he wants to have the throne, he wants to be in charge, he wants to, um, you know, have a better rule, so to say, uh, it, there came, it came to a point where uh, there was no more there was no more conversation that could take place that could convince anybody. Mm-hmm. That's where then, you know, the casting out took place. Mm-hmm. But this whole great controversy, it's really the focus is, yeah, we are caught up in it, but we are not the focus. The mm-hmm. focus is God. Mm-hmm. It's claims that have been made against God. God is a liar. God is unfair. God is unjust. And because God is God and he's a God of love, you know, he had a couple of choices what he could have done. He could have destroyed Satan. Um, that would have worked, mm-hmm. but then um, it would have left questions you know, in the in the minds of other angels and other beings, like okay, maybe the claims that Satan had about God are true, or God could have destroyed everybody and just restart the universe. And in a way, um, the fact that we have reality as it is now, even with all the evil that's taking place, shows us that God is love because He is willing to go through the process of of letting truth be seen for what mm-hmm. it is, and it can be a painful process. And you know, as you're involved in this. But we can know from Scripture that justice will prevail, God is love, and the truth will come out. But this is, there's a lot at stake here. Mm-hmm. Really, the, 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 the paradigm of the whole universe, what holds the universe together, which is love and righteousness, that is at stake. And, and the great controversy is, is really you know, is, is about redeeming the value and the, and the truth, um, uh, the, the value of, of, of making love the basis for all relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the great controversy here on earth uh, is showing what will happen if Satan is in charge. I mean, if you want to you know why there's bad stuff happening, there is a reason, mm-hmm. you know, and it's Satan. <laughs> I, I just love how, how passionate Jonathan is about the great controversy. I am very passionate about it's it. It's like, I don't know, are you reading a book about it? Uh, I may. <laughs> In the future. In the future. Yeah, you're putting, putting together a Bible study guide on, on the great controversy. Yeah. So this isn't just a story. There's a lot of elements to yes, this. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I love- what I appreciate about the, the, the meta narrative of the great controversy is exactly what you were saying, Jonathan. The fact that it shows that this world is, does not revolve around us. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's anything that the Bible does, what's beautiful about Scripture is that it shows us that we are not important for the reasons we think we're important. Mm. We think we're important because we feel in our reality as though reality focuses on us. Mm -hmm. And God says, no, reality does not. You are not the center of reality. That's not why you're important. You're important because you were purchased, Mm -hmm. you know, by the Son of God. That's why earth is important. But there's something that uh, when you were saying, uh, uh, when you were speaking, Jonathan, that really uh, struck me that I think needs to be emphasized. We, all, we often wonder, and the question that is often asked is, if God is love and if God is all-powerful, why does sin exist? These two things can't exist together. 
And I think what we fail to recognize, which the great controversy seeks to explain, mm-hmm. is that God is 100% love. That is true. He is 100% powerful. That is true. But there's an element that must be included in that that gives us the, the that opens our eyes to see why evil and good can exist in society at the same time with a God who is powerful and love. And that is that God is also all wise. So the reason why evil and good exists, the reason why sin exists in this world and all these crazy things exist is because not only because of the love of God or his power, but also because of his wisdom. Mm. There's a supernatural element of understanding reality that we are blind to. Mm-hmm. And so God says, you need to understand, and, and I can give you proof. And this is, and, and so the point where I'm leading this is that the wisdom of God is expressed in his word. Mm. Through his word, God is expressing to us, he's giving to us divine insight mm-hmm. that outside of him we cannot have. And so he gives us the Bible, which exposes to us even the ability to understand a meta narrative, which exposes to us what is happening, the history of redemption, which precedes even the fall, right? Mm-hmm. It precedes even our, our, our very own failures. From the very beginning, God was, uh, had these things in place. And so God, through, his, uh, through Scripture, exposes to us his wisdom so that we might be able to, even now on earth and really throughout eternity, eternity begin to understand how it is that God thinks and mm. how it is that he solves problems and how it is that he eliminates sin and how it is that he saves people who are sinful. Mm-hmm. These are enormous problems. I mean, a human being can't come up with solutions to this thing, right? A pill is not going to solve this. And so God says, you need wisdom. Mm-hmm. And in the great controversy, the wisdom of God, along with his power and love, is expressed. Mm-hmm. No, I, I really appreciated that. Like It, it drew my mind to two things. Um, on the one hand, I... I tend to think about the great controversy story, the meta-narrative, at a personal level. Like, it explains things for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it it explains, you know, how it is that we have evil when God is so good, how it is that, you know, um, a, a, an innocent child, you know, is subjected to such evil or, or death even. Like, how, the things that are existentially, like, wrong, you just sense in your, in your, in your being that this is not right. Um, this story gives a framework for being able to conceptualize mm-hmm. that. Um, but the thing that I drew from what Israel was saying was another element of it, seeing how God behaves mm. in this story, mm. you know? So seeing the, his response, like, he, like Jonathan was saying, he doesn't have to go through this process. If mm. he is God, who he, which he is, he and he created everything and he sustains everything mm-hmm. he could decide to stop sustaining everything and just mm-hmm. start from scratch but the way that god reacts um and seeing god's god's person i guess in in the mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. when we think about it like it it produces a sense of awe like mm. a, a worshipfulness you mm-hmm. know a uh, uh, uh i guess a, a humility in his presence you know mm-hmm. just praise and and you know, marveling at his goodness, that mm-hmm. the way that he is and who he is and how he manifests himself. Mm. I mean, at the crux of this great controversy story is Jesus Christ on the cross, mm-hmm. is him dying so that he can assure not just our own salvation, but it's really a solution to this entire, this mm-hmm. huge problem that has been introduced into the universe. And 
as much as we appreciate Jesus on the cross, and I think sometimes as Christians, you know, when it's just limited to Jesus on the cross and he died for my sins, we can miss the awe of what Jesus is actually doing on Mm -hmm. the cross, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And seeing that, the worship that it it introduces into my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. for who God is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other element of what I saw with with what Israel was saying. The humility of Christ is so powerful. I mean, if you think about the fact that Satan would even seek to go against Christ Mm -hmm. speaks about his humility, you know what I'm saying? To allow that to happen. Yeah, or or for even Satan to think that he could do it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like the fact that Christ was even accessible to Satan— to such a degree that there was kind of like an intimacy there, a knowledge of each other. I mean, it, it, it gives you an, it gives you a picture of the fact that Christ lowers himself mm. constantly. It is in his nature and in God's nature to lower themselves, to humble themselves, even though they are mm. the God of the universe. And mm-hmm. for it to, you know, like it would never enter into my mind that I can kill Mike Tyson. You know, you know what? I want to jump into the ring with Mike Tyson. I think I could beat him up. Right? Mike Tyson is a boxer from the 1980s and 1990s. Oh, that was very, let's contextualize yeah. it for the But years. one of the greatest heavyweight champions, yes. Of all time, yes. Just, just to give yeah. context to those people who may not know right. Mike He's Tyson. powerful yeah. guy. Powerful you know? guy. Yeah. And, and, and it would never, even though I myself am pretty powerful, yeah. <laughs> uh, it would never enter into even my mind, you know, <laughs> to go into a boxing ring and fight him, mm. right? Because... Even though I'm strong and I'm a good fighter in my past life, uh, <laughs> even with me, there's a big gap, mm. right, between my skills and his skills. Uh, even though I could have been professional as well, but you get you get what I'm saying, right? Humility. Yeah, yeah, we understand. Yeah, you, you catch what I'm trying to say. I'll stop there. And so, and so, what I'm saying is the fact that the fact that Satan thinks in his mind, I have the ability to overtake Christ in itself. I think in my mind speaks of. Christ's humility mm. and accessibility. The, the, the dynamics of this great controversy are unique in the sense that you have one one part of this uh, great controversy, one party in this great controversy, who is all powerful, and then you have an accusation mm-hmm. to against this all power. This is something that we, we will never go to because uh, no matter how much a boxer you think you are, uh, we we are we are never in the position of all power. Mm-hmm. So how does an all powerful being demonstrate his power without using power you know mm-hmm. how how does an all-powerful being defend himself without without using any of the the natural attributes ascribed to himself mm-hmm. and so he's only limited to his character he's only limited to his love and mm. and i say limited it's that in itself makes him the most powerful limitless being but in, from a human, in my weird way of saying, he's denied using any of his activeness or his assertions because mm-hmm. that can easily be mis- uh, accused by the devil as like, see, there's see, you're, you're you're cheating again. Mm-hmm. So God almost has to withdraw draw himself. I guess the whole thing is like, look, if God is God, why doesn't he just, just show himself? Why doesn't God just click his fingers and mm-hmm. do this? Why doesn't God he in in order to prove Satan wrong? Mm-hmm. He's playing by the rules of this arrangement that, that the two have, have mm-hmm. together, and he can't. Uh, I, and, and, and he still wins. I think that the beauty of it, he still wins through that process. Yeah. The other thing that, that I see in the great controversy is that um, God works using time. He works out using history. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a war that broke out in the past. Uh, Jesus comes into human history. Mm-hmm. Um, 
li- human lives, they, they're born and they die, born and die, born and born and born. But God uses this entire trajectory of human existence to, 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 to win this war. Mm-hmm. And it just requires for us to be patient. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. uh, answers are not going to be, most likely, not be all hammered out in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have faith that they will be, mm-hmm. and we have more opportunity, and we'll see later on what happens mm-hmm. at the end of time right. for all that to work out. But it's just this cool, it's this map that of the universe, of time, of space, mm-hmm. and then a GPS, we're like, ding, right here on this great controversy. Slowly moving. And, and slowly moving, and that, yeah. that should give us, mm-hmm. well, what does that give us? That gives us a certain level of assurance it, and then framework for everything that we do. And, yeah, and, and, I think the beauty of it is it helps us answer some of the big questions, maybe not all of them, but enough to trust Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And this brings me to one of the points I wanted to make here in, in uh, verse 12. It says, Rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The devil has come down, has great wrath, he has a short time. And the reality is, we can talk about this, you know, all, all these wonderful themes, but uh, on a day-to-day basis, people go through crises and all kinds of, mm-hmm. you know, negative experiences. Now, some of them are self-induced. Some of them um, are, you know, just based beca- on sin because we are sinful beings, we make mistakes. Uh, and some of them are straight-out attacks from the devil. And it's important mm-hmm. to be able to discern between these things. But at the end of the day, what matters is then verse 11. Uh, and it talks about those... 12, 11. Uh, yeah, Revelation yep. 12, verse 11. It says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. What the great controversy does to us is it helps us, it, sees, it gives us the revelation of God, that God is love. Jesus on the cross, the greatest revelation of love, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it gives us these answers. We fall in love with Christ. We learn to walk with him. And when, when the attacks come, when the difficulties come, that the great controversy are, has, you know, as a byproduct or main product uh, in our lives, we can hold on to the fact that Jesus has been there and he is with us right now. And as we trust in his ability, you know, to, to deal with whatever we are challenged with, whether it's personal sickness or, or, or any, any, any disaster, yeah. whatever it is, we are overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. We're mm. staying with him mm-hmm. and by the word of our testimony. As, as Our testimony is our life story, our, our, our walk with God. And so I think this is an important um, element in dealing with these things. And the great controversy does tell us there will be justice. Mm-hmm. Think that what is wrong will be made right, and God will act powerfully in the very end when it comes to the judgment once sure. everyone understands that he is love and he is fair, once the, once the big accusations have been disproven. Um, well, but, that's the, also the very interesting thing. I think that's yeah. a great nuance you just mentioned. He does become active, mm-hmm. but only after he, he, the rest of the angels are convinced of his side. Mm-hmm. He, he opens himself up of all of his decisions, and he makes himself accountable mm-hmm. to these other beings. Yeah. And then, you know, in my funny way, they're aliens. Mm-hmm. They're not aliens that are green and Martians, but they're just other, other intelligent beings in the universe. They may be green. We they, don't they, know. They, they may be green. <laughs> Okay, so uh, other other green angels out there that he opens himself up to, and then once they're convinced, then he, in a sense, he does have a license. They're like, all right, we're all um, we're all open, we're all in this, mm-hmm. and then he starts. That's when the 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 action starts coming out from yeah. from the Lord. Yeah. 
Um, this has been a very profound study on the great controversy. We want to encourage you to get into the great controversy meta-narrative. How do you do that? Well, you can start reading the writings of Ellen White that we talked about in our last episode, and she has these five books that go through the great controversy vision that was eventually developed into these five books. They are, and what are those five books? The first one is Pictures of Prophets, Prophets and Kings, and those two books deal with the Old Testament, kind of the behind-the-scenes look into the Old Testament. Then under the next two books, which is Desire of Ages and Acts of the Apostles, which look at the New Testament, kind of a curtain, behind-the-scenes curtain of the New Testament. And as our last book called The Great Controversy itself, we call it The Great Controversy Meta-Narrative, but there's also The Great Controversy Book. And these five books really are the basis for all the instances that we see God intervening in human affairs and how Satan and God have this uh, war that are the play and interplay of good and evil through human events. It's been powerful. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful read. And it's changed all of our lives. And we know that it can make an impact upon you. And even ask, uh, answer some of the, the smaller questions that we ask. Like, what do I do for the rest of my life? Or how do I live? Or how do, what should I eat? Who should I marry? What should I live? All these things. Uh, this has been such a great study. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you. We'll continue our study in the book of this topic of Adventist heritage. We look at organized service next week. So see you next week and God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.